0: Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1, we're going to be dealing with a subject that we started with about an hour ago in the fellowship hall when it was the parent teacher orientation for our Christian school. Uh, Many of you know that we have a Christian school and that it's in operation from kindergarten through, well, actually preschool through 12th grade. And um, this last year we had, oh, I guess it was around. uh, 48 or 50 in the school, and then another, you know, 30 or so in the preschool, and so there was, it was a, you know, going and growing, and and the people that are working in the Christian school, that's their life, I mean, that's their ministry, and they're doing a great job, fantastic job, but sometimes the people in the church don't even know, don't even know that we have a school, or, or what it means, what Christian education means, and so tonight, I'm going to answer the question, why Christian education? Why do we have a school? Uh, after Bible college, I was uh, went to a church in Mississippi, uh, First First uh, Baptist Bible Church, First First Bible Baptist Church of Drew, Mississippi, and I was the pr- principal of the Christian school there. And uh, I found at that point I found how much work it was and how much it took, and I couldn't believe that the preacher was doing that prior to the time that I came, that he was doing that on his own before I came to take the responsibilities of being the principal off of his hands. And goodness, it was a big job. It was it was huge. And I learned some things. I learned a lot of things at that Christian school and within the operation of it. So let um, to be saying something about that at the close of this service here tonight. <clears throat> but we started with the... Uh, uh, presentation of the parent-teacher uh, presentation tonight for the Christian school. Matter of fact, we have some that are here tonight that have uh, uh, come to uh, join us here, and they're, they're with us tonight because this is the continuance of dealing with our Christian school, except this is from the perspective of the church, and this is to help you understand the reason why we have a Christian school. This church is dedicated to helping families raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what we're going to be reading about in just a little bit. The Bible's clear on our responsibility to raise our kids up the way that He orders. Look at the verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1. First it starts with the children, and then it's going to switch to the parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's a great verse to start with having your children memorize. That's countless little ones have memorized the first bible verse they have ever memorized was right there children obey your parents in the lord for this is right verse 2 honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth and goes on but here the attitude of that you should have with your parents by the way that's to children, but is there an end date to that, to honoring, to respecting, to, to giving parents that place of honor and respect? No, I mean that's that should be forever. At first, and I've dealt with this before in the past. At first, your parents command, but then after a while, when you're out of the house, you're on your own. You have your own family, your own <coughs> your own uh, universe, and 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 uh, the the uh, uh, those that, that uh, are uh, uh, beholden to that next center of gravity, then your parents give advice. But you should always honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you. That's what the Bible says, that you can have a long life, the, the Lord will bless you. Let's go on to verse number four. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Stop here and pray ask the Lord's blessings. Thank you, God, for this, your word. I pray that you help us to understand some things that would help Wooden Malley Baptist Church to uh, fulfill the ministry that you have for us in doing just that, in helping parents, helping families to bring their children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you help us to understand whose responsibility it is to educate our children. Lord, I pray that you just bless. Bless tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, look at that last verse again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The idea of bringing them up, it means to train them, to teach them, to oversee their education, making sure that the proper perspective of the Lord's values are delivered to your kids. Nurture, you know, it has a balance here. Nurture and admonition. Nurture, on the one hand, is wholesome. It's nourishment. It's uh, it's, uh, giving that which is needed for growth and for thriving. So nurture is wholesome nourishment. Admonition, on the other hand, it's harsh correction. Or it's tough correction. Sometimes it's difficult to go through, but admonition is correcting a child, it's, it's talking about discipline. You need both, nurture and admonition. If a parent only has the nurture and the love and I love my child and, and I want to do everything for them and whatever, with without any correction, without any discipline, that kid's going to grow up warped. Same is true if you have nothing but discipline, nothing but harsh admonition, and that's it, that's all you have for your child, without having the love, without having the nurture, That kid is going to grow up warped. You got to have both. You got to have both. And and the Lord has both. He has nurture and admonition. He deals with us that way. And it's the parents' job, especially the fathers. If you notice, it says fathers. He's dealing with fathers. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. As society gets away from godly and righteous principles, discipline is declining. In schools, matter of fact, we we just went through this with our school and with the parents in the school. And there's a school handbook, and we talk about this, this, this. And then there's a part called discipline, and then we deal with discipline. Well, uh got to make that clear. We don't spank any ch- children. The, the school, the church, Sunday schools, we don't we don't put a hand on any child in that way. That's the parents' responsibility. As a matter of fact, parents can get into deep trouble. Nowadays in this society by doing that uh, there was uh, the example of the uh, two brothers that were in Texas They were in a Sunday school in the church there and and they they had a rough uh, uh, Bus route and a bad part of town uh, and uh, they they Disciplined one of the children they spanked him He needed it his parents said they needed it, but when that was found out went to court as far as I know, one of the two brothers are, is still in prison. This was like uh, 13 years ago. In prison because he spanked a child, even though, and the kid said, yes, I deserved it. I was, I did bad. And I, I got the, the spanking, and he told me, and it was all, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was, you know, that kind of thing is, is uh, really looked down upon today in the, today's society. We can't do that. That's not something that we can do now to work along with parents if your child needs a spanking needs discipline that way then we'll call the parent to come and do that to the to the child but you know we can't do that as a matter of fact we had in our nursery one one year we had a, a parent came and said if my child does this I want you to slap his hand or I want you to you know slap him or whatever and we said no we can't do that and, and uh, the, the parent said no I want you to do that for for my kid because I'm authorizing you to do that and we said Sorry, it's ain't going to happen because we can't do that. This, we live in a society. That's impossible. That's not going to happen. That is the parent's responsibility. So if you, if you look at that, today what I started with was this society is getting away from discipline. Discipline is declining. But unless a proper balance of reward and discipline is administered, a proper education cannot be secured. You cannot have good education without admonition and nurture. You've got to have both. You have both in a school, both in a home. You have to show that in, in uh, uh, the raising of a child. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be in balance. So fathers, you are the ones that this responsibility is placed upon. You are expected to raise your children in the, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You're in charge of the education of your children. And by the way, the delegation of this responsibility can be worked as long as the parents, the dads, are in charge of overseeing that the kids get the proper biblical values in their education. We've got a movement that, I don't know, I had not uh, heard, heard heard much about it in the last few years, but it was gaining uh, uh, ground real big about... Uh, Uh, parents, okay, I can't remember the the name of the movement, but it was parents had to do everything for their children. They had to be the spiritual admonition, the spiritual teaching of their child. They had to to be the discipline. They had to be, they had to teach, they had to, you know, uh, 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 do everything for their child. And so therefore, uh, the the, the, uh, practical outplaying of that was you never leave your child in a Sunday school. No, no, family all stays together and and you never uh, send your kids to school because, no, no, you stay together, it's the parents' responsibility. Well, it is this, the, the, par- the dad's responsibility, the parents' responsibility to see to it that their child is educated, but that doesn't mean you have to do all the education. And as a matter of fact, you see in the Bible, Galatians chapter 4, verse number 1, this is interesting. Read this with me. Now I say that the heir, that's a child that's being raised in the home, has a family. Uh, he's going to be getting the responsibility, getting the, the family, business, or whatever. That's the heir. The heir, as long as he is child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. So it says here that a child in that home uh, kind of looks like the same thing as a, a servant because the child doesn't have any responsibility. child doesn't have any uh, obligations, you know, uh, uh, that kind of thing. He's treated just like, you know, anybody in the, the household and he's like a servant or like, uh, like a kid. Verse 2. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Now, I know that what he's talking about here, the point, if you leave it in context, uh, is that uh, he is taught by the tutors and teachers, and that's that the father appoints. As long as the education is proper, as long as it's biblical, as, as long as it's godly and just... Then it can be overseen by good parents. This is dealing with, and is talking about the law, it's talking about, you know, the law bringing a person to Christ. The law is compared to our schoolmaster, and here in Galatians chapter 4, he talks about tutors, that the father appoints, meaning the father says, okay, this kid has to be taught, he has to be, learn these things, and he finds a tutor, finds a, a school, finds a teacher that will uh, teach them the same things that I would teach them, it's okay. That's right. It's good. It's not, you don't have to do that yourself. You know, I, I see that all the time where, you know, uh, people are so concerned because I've got to do everything myself. I've got to do that whole thing. Well, sure, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to. That's not taught in the Word of God. It's taught that it is your responsibility. It's your responsibility, parent, to make sure that the, the teaching goes on correctly. Just like there, he's under tutors. Because he's been appointed of the father to be under tutors that way. Which is, it's okay, that's good. The point here is that education is not mandatory that it be done by yourself. Let me me, stop here and and, uh, just deal with something that is practical. Homeschool. When you look at homeschool considerations, this is what I tell, or... Uh, Christian school parents or anybody the best education that can be had I believe is a good homeschool you say well preacher you got a Christian school here so why doesn't everybody homeschool let me tell you why I don't think it's good for everybody to homeschool because most homeschools are (laughs) they're lousy they're nothing more than truancy, because it's they don't have a good situation to teach a child the things that need to be taught, and so therefore, although the the heart is in there and the and the desire, most parents are not good homeschoolers. There are some that are. Excellent homeschoolers. As a matter of fact, we have some in our church that are excellent homeschoolers. I could point them out to you. I don't want to give anybody pride or that kind of thing, but they're very good. I mean, the the best that a that a child can ever get is a homeschool education. But not all parents are fit to be good homeschoolers. You're looking at a preacher and a parent that we had before we had a Christian school here. I mean we tried to check this Christian school which was nothing more than a private school. it was you know trying to keep drugs away from the kids but it wasn't a Christian education didn't give biblical uh, you know it was it was not biblical or godly values it was just you know a private school and then we tried this and we tried that and we tried to you know and you know what in this area there's not a good Christian school and that's why we had to start one because prior to the time that we actually started one we tried we, we had to homeschool ourselves you know so we said okay well we will homeschool the child that didn't turn out really really good i'm just being honest that was not eh, no we didn't win any prizes i was the teacher i was the pastor i was the disciplinarian i was the you know the the pe director i was the i was everything and i was going crazy and I'm just not that I can't do that I just wasn't good I I couldn't do that neither could my wife you know we did the best we could because we had to because the alternative of sending them to an institution that we're gonna chew them up and spit them out and in 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 so many ways that are are so contrary to Christ and Christian principles we weren't gonna do that so we had to And, and we were just not good homeschoolers I'm telling you folks Many, many times I'll see somebody who is homeschooling and it's nothing better than truant, meaning no education at all. That's not the best. So, you know, this, we get this false guilt placed upon us saying, I have to do this. I have to teach it. No, no, no. If you take a look at what the Bible says, the, the father can appoint a tutor. That's what it says. And, that's, and he's, he's not preaching against that. He's saying, you know, in certain situations, this is how it is because the the proper education of your child is up to the parent and it is the parents responsibility to see to it that the kids have the proper upbringing and the proper you know uh, uh, that the problem is finding that situation where a godly biblical worldview is taught to our children and if you can uh, do that, you can get a situation where you, you have that taught. Well, that's that's wonderful. Take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 6. Deuteronomy 6, 6. And these words God tells the Israelites in a different culture, in a different situation or whatever, but these principles are wonderful for believers today, when we have God's words, he says these words, he's talking about his word, the Bible, the words that he gave them, these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. God says this clearly two times in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, listen, you're to take these things, the, the, the principles, the words, the promises, the warnings that I give you, these words, and you are to teach them to your children in every situation, no matter what it is, you teach these." It's your job, parents, it's your job to make sure that your, your kids are taught these things. So God's word and his principles are to be taught to kids full time. Isn't that what he says? When you walk by the way, when you sit in the house, when you get up, when you go to sleep, you're to deal with this at all times. But we spend very little time in interaction with our kids sometimes. We, and then we also expect that a biblical worldview is to be given to them at church. Listen, this says, parent, that you are to be intimately involved with the upbringing of, upbringing of your children. I've seen people in ministry who has nothing to do with their kids. And, you know, they, they don't, they're, not, they're not in the lives of their children. You know what? Kids like that grow up to be shipwrecks. That's a, that's a shame. Really, it's a shame to see that. Um, In in my own family with my own children, I wanted to involve my kids in everything that we did. It was our ministry. The whole family was in this. The whole family was doing this. We tried to serve God together. We tried to. uh, I tried to spend time with my children as they were growing up and time, you know, whatever. And you know what? Not one minute of that was a waste. Not one minute. I'd have friends that would sometimes you know, come over and everybody deals with their children differently and, and, and they have nothing to do with their children and and I'm having everything to do with my kids and they say, oh, wow, you're really involved. And I'm going, you know what? It's my ministry. It's what God's given me, you know? It's your ministry. Parent, it's your ministry. Don't have kids if you're not going to do this because this is your responsibility to teach them full time. So... Uh, uh, Think of, think of it like this. You spend two hours a week in church. If you're very faithful, up to five hours a week in church with you and your family. Have your kids in church from two to five hours a week where good biblical things are taught. And then they spend 35 hours, sometimes 40 hours, and more if there's sports and other activities, extracurricular activities. 35 to four hour, 40 hours a week in front of secular humanists. They have an entirely different value system. And we think we're going to win out? And then they spend on, uh, uh, that much time, 20 or plus hours, uh, watching movies and whatever from Hollywood. I like that what the Brother Hoyle said. That was good. Uh, Hollywood uh, gets it right in the areas, but n- not in the area of science. Or morality. <laughs> or uh, financial responsibility. Or character or or any, it doesn't get it right anywhere and your kids are spending all this time in immersed in movies and and their friends that are lost and whatever and in school where the the teacher is probably a humanist you know what a humanist is a humanist is uh, somebody who doesn't honor god love god worship god no they worship self self is the is on the throne it's uh, humanism is human uh, human uh concerns are the most important it's not what god wants it's what i want being happy. And they're sitting in front of people that are teaching them 35 to 40 hours a week that don't have proper uh, good morals or good values. And we think our two hours a week is going to uh, counterbalance all of that? Uh, something's wrong. Something is wrong with that thought. Come on. Just wake up. Um <coughs> We think that we're going to win out proverbs chapter 13 verse number 20 the bible says he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed and this is just talking about the the experience the the uh, exposure you get with friends with people you're with with you know the people you spend time with if you walk with fools you're going to be foolish if you walk with wise people you'll be wise when there's all of this time that's spent Uh, From those who don't have good uh, principles or values, the walking with implies spending time with. How does it make sense that we're losing a generation of kids who grow up forsaking the faith, and we look around and we're naive as to wonder why. Why did that happen? Why do my kids not love God? Why do they love uh, whatever the rock star is nowadays more than they love God? Why do they want to be like that rather than be, you know, a a force for the Lord? Why do you think? Because of the exposure and what we're doing, we're, you know. So the question is, whose job is it to educate our children? Ephesians 6, 4 again. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You can't pawn this off you cannot delegate this to somebody else and and pretend like it's okay and and not be involved in the teaching of your children our children are not a ward of the state the reason why this country is so dangerously teetering upon a total cultural collapse is because that our training training institutions have been cranking out their poisonous liberalism godless theology for decades Folks, think of it. This last uh, presidential election, there was a socialist, an avowed socialist. Bernie Sanders was up for election. I remember when when he threw his hat in the ring, I thought, are you kidding? A socialist? There's no way. And he gets like 20% or 25% or would have been more <laughs> had he not been cheated on. But nonetheless, and I'm going, whoa, a quarter of the nation actually believes that? You know, socialism is is the thing and all that. Folks, look around. The current presidential candidates that want to you know, take the next stage, it's 90% of them all are avowed socialists. That's a quick slide. That is, that is unbelievable. They espouse dangerous, lawless socialism that hasn't worked anywhere on planet Earth. To this day, College-educated educa- adults have no idea what made this nation great. They don't have no idea of the dangers of socialism or communism. They don't understand the failures of a nanny state that robs people of prosperous, healthy lives. Why? Well, it's because of uh, years and years. The fruit of that failure of our educational system, and and you're trusting the state, which is getting more outrageous, worse and worse by the day, to train your children. And you're good with this? Really? Parents, when the Bible says it's your job to raise your children and the nurture, and whose responsibility is it to educate our our children? The government? No. It's our job. We can't pawn that up. You don't need the state's help to train your kids. Our school, and I mentioned this just a moment ago, our school is, is not accredited, we've never sought after accreditation, we, we'll never seek after the state's approval in any way. No financial help, no school vouchers, no milk programs, nothing. Nothing like that. We're not going after that kind of thing. And by the way, our SATs, the, the uh, uh, stats, were far above what the, what the world puts out. And they come out with a proper value system. You know, because we, we're you know teaching all of that what the Bible teaches and authority and everything else and and uh, and so we're way ahead. We're way ahead as far as what the, uh, um, our SAT scores are higher than any in every public school in the area, and that's a blessing. It's a blessing to see that our kids are exposed to the truth and have teachers that pour their lives into them as a ministry. What a blessing that is we got some of the teachers tonight uh, we got aliyah here tonight and some of the others that have their their kids in in our christian school what a blessing and we know we know it's a ministry because they get paid criminal wages (laughs) and it wouldn't do that for anything else besides the lord and and uh, we want to do our teachers right but i'm telling you what it's a ministry it's not it's a ministry it's a ministry Public education gives us secular humanism. Like I said, man is the center of the universe in happiness, values, uh, morals. You know, it's it's uh, uh, just ethics are you know uh, situational ethics. There is no there is no uh, authority, no morals, no final say, folks. This is the final say, the word of God. We understand that the Creator is the supreme authority that is not recognized in in secular humanism. It teaches evolution. In evolution, you have a a godless universe with great consequences to that. Evolution, listen, folks, evolution teaches that we are here, we're a mistake, we're uh, not uh, programmed, we're not designed, we're not created, we're just a mistake. And so, therefore, when, you know... uh, People espouse that in their morals, in their violence, and everything else. It, well, there are, there are no morals. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Then they just kind of go amok. Purposelessness, discord. That's what evolution. The fruits of it. Like you know, talked about authority. No, uh, there's religious religious toleration to all but biblical absolutes. Such sex, sex education. You know, have you heard about the the drag queen stories that are being pushed on these libraries, uh, you know, story time. Will they'll have a drag queen to give the story, and they'll teach about twerking and all of these things that our children really need to know about. And you, you say, you're, you're appalled. That's because they're trying to push that in, a, in a, a library situation where little children are exposed to that kind of thing. And you say, oh, that's terrible your skin would crawl to find out what goes on in the sex education that's being taught in public schools you would you would not it's we couldn't we couldn't deal with it in in a mixed company we really could not because of how vile how wicked no absolutes no morals and it's just you know like like humans are animals and so that's that's it that's the only you know if you're happy that's the that's the 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 uh uh, the do-all, if, uh, if you're, you're happy, then, then that's fine. That's all you got to worry about. That's what public education gives us, folks. The kids go through that, and they turn out the way that they do. It's not the kid's fault. What do you think? What do you think they're going to be adopting? What do you think they're going to end up like? Your kids are not missionaries to the world. Somebody says, well, if we pull out all of the kids uh, from you know public education, then they'll have no light. Listen, they got no light as it is. Your children are not missionaries. They go, they sit down, and they shut up, and they listen to what the teacher tells them, what the teacher pushes, and what the program is, and they've got no say. And if they try to rise up and, and oppose anything, they're belittled, and they're, they're not ready for that. They're children. They're children, for goodness sake. But they're exposed to that kind of a program, and, and they're not missionaries. They're cannon fodder that must comply and stuff it if they're, if, if they're going to get a good grade. Teachers are teaching while children should be learning. That's what we send them to school for, not to change the, 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 the program. They're sending them off to a war zone that some of your children will not survive. Wake up. We think that it's going to just end up fine because that's, you know, there, there are so many things, folks, there are so many things that I've had to, in my Christian walk, after I have gone through a public education system for 12 years, thinking that, well, that's just right, that's just the way it is, and it's not at all. I had to wash all of that stuff out because of it's contrary to what God says, what the, what the Word of God teaches. I tell this to our Christian school parents every year. There's three institutions that must be singing the same song, telling the same story, saying the same thing. The home, and the church, and the school. You gotta have all three of those in line. If all three are not in line with the same value system, you're gonna get problems. The kids to be confused at the least. All three institutions have got to be saying the same thing. Some have no support from the home. They might have a good Christian school, and they might go to a good church, but the home, the, the parents are hypocrites. The, what goes on at home, it's not, the, it's not right. It's not the same. It's not good. It's, it's not upholding God's principles. And you know what? There's not going to be a, a good ending on that. Christianity. They merely enforce a dissonance in their children that they, that cannot make healthy heads or tails of the truth. And of course, you get those kids that that grow up, and when it's their choice, they forsake Christianity. The home is saying one thing, and the church or the school, if it's a Christian school, is saying another. Everyone has to be consistent with each other, the home, the church, and the school. It's got to be consistent, or this is not going to work. The Lord said this, a shining tribute to Abraham in Genesis 18, verse 19. He says this about Abraham. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of. God says, I know him, I trust him, because you know why? He's consistent at home. He's going to teach his children right. So if you have... You have a situation where, you know, you're, you're uh, uh, contrary to the church, that uh, the, the word of God, and, and that's the way it is. You have the preacher for, for dinner. I mean, not have him over there, but you have him for dinner uh, at Sunday afternoon, and you're critical about this and critical about that. And you, you don't agree with this and you don't agree with that, and you're going to be given a problem. Have fun with that as far as your children is concerned. That's a that's that's a a tough that is a, a tough place to be in where it's not if the home and the church are not consistent you got a problem and then you got the school so sometimes you got like this the church and the school are good the home is not in line hypocritical you know what happens the fruit of that the kids see hypocrisy as normal that's what it should be that's normal that's just you know let's go ahead and, and be hypocritical with that okay so that's normal and that's what what they accept as as normal and then you have the church and the home good but the school is bad the church and the home are good and they're they're they've got some good uh, you know, principles and they're, they're doing well uh, but the school that the kids go to are bad you know what happens there it's rare to see survivors here. Because there's such a, in a, a such a big part of the lives of the children is school, and only for superb churches and homes that can actually have to see a sur- survivor come out of that. Then you have the church is good, but the home and the school is bad. Man, it's a miracle to see a warrior come out of that one. And then you have the church and the school and the home, all good all in line, all saying the same thing, you got the best chance of survival for your children is when they're all consistent. You remember what I said when I started, when I went to uh, Mississippi, just thrown into a Christian school, being a principal of a Christian school? I wasn't, I didn't uh, have educational classes when I went to Bible college, I had Bible classes. And being uh, prepared for a missionary or pastor and and here I am a principal of Christian school I'm telling you it was so involved and there was so much that was going on I vowed when I came out of that situation I would never I would never have a Christian school (laughs) we have a Christian school today but I said there's no way I'm not gonna do it after after being part of that you know why it took so much it was like a black hole. It, it took so much effort. It took so much energy. It took so much focus. It took so much finances, so much uh, uh, labor into into that thing called the Christian school. I thought, man, alive, it's not going to, it's too much, way too much. And so I said I wasn't going to do it. And I would not have a Christian school here today at Wooden Malley Baptist Church if there was any other viable choice for me and our families. And this is what I said when I. You know, started here in this area. If there's a school within 100 miles that's going to be, a, that'll be a good school, I'm sending our kids there. I'm sending our people there because it's, having a Christian school is intense. But there wasn't. And that's why we have a Christian school. I don't have an option if I love our families, if I love our children, I love our country, I love the Lord. Folks, this is our responsibility. So my question to you is, what are you doing to ensure that your children are going to thrive in their Christianity? It's possible to overcome oppositions, but the bulk of the raising of our children are laid squarely upon us as parents. Fathers, provoke not your children, but raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Every head bowed. Nobody looking for just a moment.